and prayer in particular today. Um, because now that we know that God loves us and that he's for us and that he will go through the fire with us, we can be confident in our prayer life. And if you missed the scriptures from last week, we know that he loves us, John chapter 3. We know that he's for us even when we were powerless and weak and sinners. He, he demonstrates his love for us, Romans 5, 6 to 8 says. And then we looked in Daniel where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got thrown into the fire and they were bound. But um, through the process, Jesus got in the fire with them and they walked around unscathed and unbound. So um, with all of that, we can move to prayer because we know that God loves us. And so what is prayer? And I'm going to give you three aspects of it. But the first thing, overall thing that I want us to see is Prayer is God's invitation for us to get him involved in our lives. <laughs> in other words, God's inviting us to say, hey, you're going to need me and I want to come help you. And if you all ask, I'll come. And I, I just wonder how many times we delay the answers because we're not willing to ask them right away. And we're trying to work things out and figure things out. And the best thing is, is to answer his invitation and invite him into our circumstances. So I have at least three aspects of prayer. And to me, this is like simple, but um, sometimes we make the Christian walk a lot harder than what it needs to be. So three aspects of prayer. The first one is, is. Talking to God. Prayer is simply talking to God like he's your friend. You know, the thing that amazes me is we, we think we're telling God something in prayer that he doesn't know. When he knows everything, he knows more than we know about our circumstance. And so prayer is just saying, God, this is what I'm going through. This is what I need from you. Okay. It, it's just talking to God as if he's your best friend. The second aspect is remembering God has promises for us. He has given us promises and he gave us those promises because we have need of those promises. And they're all found in the scriptures. So prayer is reminding God of the promises that he's given us according to his word because we have need of them. You know, and so I, I've shared this before. This is one of my pet peeves is you have people that declare, well, you, you can't ever say that you're sick. Well, then how can you declare that by his stripes you've been healed? You can't have it both ways. And so the promises of God God knew beforehand that we were going to need those promises, so he gave them to us. And all we're doing in prayer is reminding God, hey, this is what you promised to do. And then the last one is thanking God before the answers come. Praising him for his love and his faithfulness and the ability to fulfill his promises in our lives. And so... Prayer has to contain an element of thanksgiving, an element of praise. 
because we understand how much God loves us and how much He's for us. So, God knows what we have need of even before we know that we have need of it. And He longs to fulfill His promises to us. We just have to communicate them with Him. Again, God's promises, the ones that are found in His Word, God has placed them in there because He knew that we were going to have need of them. He knew the enemy would attack our physical bodies, that sin would wreak havoc on our bodies and everything else. And so Jesus took the stripes to bring healing and restoration to our bodies. That's a promise that we can stand on because God knew that we were going to need it. He knew we would battle, be in a battle with the enemy, which is God's enemy, but now he's our enemy as well, Satan, and that we would need things to be restored. And he gave us promises for any situation that we find ourselves in so that God can work in our lives. And prayer is just inviting God into that. For instance, if you need strength, God has it. If we need wisdom, God has wisdom for us. And I didn't take the time to find the scriptures for this, but these are things that we need to know. If we need peace, and maybe we need peace that is beyond our understanding, then guess what? God promises that for us. And prayer is just simply laying hold of that. God, I need your peace. I need the peace that surpasses all understanding right now. And guess what? He'll give it to us. What an awesome God. You need direction for your life. Guess what? God has it for us. And, and this one is not just found in His Word, but there's certain things that He'll speak to us and He'll lead us and He'll give us that direction from the Holy Spirit. How about if we need hope, then God has that for us. He's the God of all hope. And, and so prayer is just coming before him and, and reminding him of the hope that we have in him. You know, last week we brought in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, you know, there's another in the fire. And what an awesome illustration. Can you imagine the peace that they needed? And they got that peace while they were in the fire because God came. God met with them. And He'll do the same for us. If you'll turn with me to Matthew 27. But think of whatever you have need of. Whatever miracle you have need of. God has already provided the answer for us. In his word. And when we know that God loves us, that he is for us, that he hears us, then we can come boldly before him with the anticipation that he will answer us. Prayer is simply letting God know what we need, talking to him in everyday language. It's letting God know what we have need of, even though He already knows. 
But he, he is wanting us and waiting for us, us to ask him because he wants to reveal his love for us even more. In Matthew chapter 27, this is part of the story of the death of Jesus Christ, but it's so important. And to me, when I think of prayer, I, I think of this scripture because it reminds me of the love that God has for me. And not only for the fact that he wanted me to be saved, but he wants his presence in my life all the time. And so in Matthew 27, we're going to start in verse 45. Matthew 27, 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lima, Shabba, Kathani, whatever it is. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling for or calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. So he died. Okay. And here's the awesome part of this. Verse 51. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. And. This is so important because the curtain of the temple, when it says that it was torn in two and from the top to the bottom, the curtain was a thick curtain. It was anywhere from 18 to 24 inches thick. And it hung in the temple and it separated where you could go. You couldn't go past that except unless you were a high priest. And behind the curtain was the presence of God. And so when Jesus offered himself up, as our sacrifice, then God says, it is finished. And then he ripped it from the top, letting us know that from the heavens, God was seeing and God was making a way for us. And from that, what he's saying is now we all have access to the presence of God. And so in our prayer life, we have to understand that we have access to the presence of God for whatever we have need of. So we don't have to sit there and wonder, is God going to hear us? Yes, he's going to hear us because Jesus came and he sacrificed his life for us. God tore the, the, the curtain that separated us from his presence. And now we have the freedom to go in. What an awesome God. And let's just read verse 52 and 53 for fun. All right. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Isn't that awesome? I mean, he's letting us know that there's access now to the presence of God, and the presence of God brings life. 
You may be struggling in whatever situation you're going through, but when we invite the presence of God through prayer into our circumstance, then life comes. Hallelujah. What an awesome God. And again, I just want to make sure that you understand from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top. No man did this. This was an act of God. And I hope that this will change the way we pray in our prayer life. Mm. There is now nothing standing between us and God once we place our faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What an awesome God. He sent Jesus to give us complete access to Him. And to be able to help us in this world while we're living down here for whatever we have need of. He is, an answer, he is the answer and in prayer we have an ongoing invitation to come before God. To come before Him. Come before His presence. And let Him be awesome to us and help us. God made himself available to all who believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I just want to pause here for a moment that if you have never, ever given your life, given your heart to Jesus, if you've never experienced the forgiveness that he offers, now's the time to do it. Make today the day that you turn to him and find his help. Let him be part of your life. Let him be able to give you access to his presence. We have all sinned and that separates us from his presence. But once we accept Jesus Christ into our life, then Jesus is the one who takes away our sin and opens up the way for us to come into the presence of God. Don't delay. Don't delay. There's no reason to delay. Unless you want to stay miserable the way you are in the circumstances that you are trying to figure out life on your own without God. And the awesome thing is, is God, through Jesus Christ, has granted us 24 seven access, no appointment necessary. You know, it's getting harder and harder to get into anywhere nowadays. And fast food is no longer fast food anymore. I mean, if you're going to go to the fast food restaurant, then you may as well plan on being there a half hour before you can get served. Because it's not fast anymore. But God's given us 24-7 access, no appointment necessary. You can walk right in and enjoy His presence right away. Hallelujah. What an awesome God. There's not a waiting line and there's no need to take a number until the next available person. God is always available waiting for us. And he's anticipating us asking him to come in and be part of our life and to help us where we need help. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8. Prayer is the invitation to talk to God about what is going on in our lives. And ask Him to help us. 
to take hold of the promises that Jesus gave us. This is the heart of our Father. He wants to help us. He wants to be an answer to our prayers. And prayer gives Him that opportunity to answer us. I'm trusting that you know these scriptures in Romans. If you don't, I, I trust that after this you'll start looking at it on a regular basis. Memorize it if you have to. But this is one of the best set of scriptures there are found in Romans 8, starting in verse 31. And I'm not going to read it all. I mean, we will, but I'm going to read a few scriptures and then we'll say something and then we'll keep going, all right? And it's hard to contain this into a Sunday morning service, but you'll get the gist of it. Romans 8.31 What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Isn't that awesome? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the last time I checked, we know that God is for us. We know that in His love, He is for us. He's not against us. He's not our enemy. He's not trying to make life difficult for us. Verse 32. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with with Him graciously give us all things? These two scriptures are something we need to know when we're going through a a difficulty, when we're going through the fire. Why is God for us? Because He loves us. And He tells us He's not against us in verse 32. It says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him, with Jesus, graciously give us all things. Isn't that awesome how God is? He is so willing and so wanting to give us all things that we need. And the awesome thing about this is he says that he's not going to give it begrudgingly to us. He's not going to give it and say, you know, all right, I'll give it to you this time, but next time I don't know that I'm going to give it to you. It doesn't say that. Whatever we have need of, it says that God promises that With Jesus, He will graciously, graciously give us all things. What an awesome God. And what are the all things that He's going to give us? Whatever we have need of. The promises, the answers that we have need of while we're going through the trial, while we're going through the difficulty, while we're going through the fire then He will graciously give us whatever we have need of. That's our God. Verse 33, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. And I love this because God is not going to accuse us and keep badgering us and making us feel bad like we're losers because He's for us and because He loves us and because He's anticipating 
us asking of Him. So He's not going to sit there and say, well, you know, you did this last time too. He doesn't, when we come to Him, He doesn't say, I'm getting tired of you coming to me and asking me for the same thing. Now we do in the natural, but He doesn't. He doesn't. Because He loves us, and He's for us, and He's in us, and we have His presence always. He's not going to sit there and say, well, you know, Ordinarily, I might, but this, this time, no, you just don't deserve it. He's not going to do that. Verse 34, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So he's not going to condemn us. I think Paul was remembering John 3.16 when he wrote this. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall not be condemned, but be saved through Him. Mm. So, He's not going to condemn us. He died for us. And not only that, but He was raised. And not only that, but He's seated at the right hand of God. And not only that, He's interceding for us. He's your biggest cheerleader. He's your biggest fan. When everybody else turns their back against you, He won't. And so He's for us. And there are times when we're going to be wrong, when, when we've sinned, and He's going to let us know, but He's not going to condemn us, but He will convict us. And then He'll wait for us to turn so that even when we're wrong and He lets us know, He has a remedy for that as well. What an awesome God. Reminds me of Psalm 103, verse 14. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. That's part of my prayer life when I go before God is I remind Him of this. I remind Him of who I am, but I also remind Him of who He is. And I remember that He's for us. He's for me. He's not my enemy. He loves us. And in verse 35, Romans 8.35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And I'm, I'm telling you, Paul just listed a few. There's many more than this that try and separate us from the love of Christ. But they can't. Tribulation can't. Distress can't. Persecution can't. Famine can't. Nakedness can't. Danger can't. The sword can't. Imagine that. The sword can't even keep us from the love of Christ. The enemy will always try to get us to doubt God's love. But we have to stay secure in His love. And prayer helps us do just that. Even death can't separate us from the love that God has for us. Verse 36 as it is written, 
For your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. No. Everybody say no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What are the things he's talking about? Tribulation. Distress. Persecution. All of those things that come against us. Anything that gets us to doubt that God loves us. All of those things. We are more than conquerors over them. Verse 38. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that awesome? So in other words, what he's saying is before we go on through a trial, before we're thrown into the fire, before we're tested, that's when the fire comes, when you're tested, right? Then we can go in knowing that we're more than conquerors. And so then you have to ask yourself, well, what's a more than a conqueror? I like this. You know, a conqueror is one who wins. But a more than conqueror is one who wins even more than just wins. Isn't that awesome? In other words, if we are going to be more than a conqueror, that means that it is going to be evident that not only have we conquered whatever was before us, but it's going to be evident that it was so awesome that only God could have done it in us and through us. That there will be no doubt that when it's all said and done, that it's going to be Jesus who gets the glory and the praise out of it. And I love the way Paul closes all of this because he says, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. And I love that because he's letting us know what our Father's heart is towards us. And then he says, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in case you ever forget that God loves you, you can remember the demonstration of Jesus Christ on the cross and the fact that that is a demonstration of how much God loves us. Hallelujah. So to be more than a conqueror, you conquer and then you kick it up a notch and another notch and another notch and another notch and everybody realizes, man, that is God in their life. To be more than a conqueror means that we know that He loves us and nothing in all the creation will be able to separate us from that love. Oh. So do we have the right picture here of our Heavenly Father's heart? Of the love that He has for us? Do we understand how much He loves us? And if He loves us this much, we can remember that He will always be with us through the trials, through the fires, through whatever the enemy throws at us. And if you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, please. <clears throat> and prayer enables us to invite His presence into whatever we're facing. We can simply, by turning to prayer and asking God to come in, letting Him know of our struggles, reminding Him of His promises found in His Word, and then letting Him speak to us and to be faithful to us 
because he loves us. And then thanking him for his love and for his promises. In Matthew, it talked about the veil being torn, the curtain being torn from top to bottom. Us being able to access the presence of God. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Hebrews 4.14 Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And really our confession of faith. Verse 15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So whatever we're facing, Jesus has already faced it. And he made it. He was more than a conqueror in it. And so he sympathizes with us. And then here's the clincher. And and this needs to be how we approach God when we come to him in prayer. Verse 16, Hebrews 4.16 Let us then with confidence, everybody say confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. So there's something that we need to do. We need to draw near to the throne of grace. But God doesn't want us to come begging and crawling. He says to come confidently before the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's our God. That's our Father's heart towards us who believe. He is for us. He's not our enemy. And He loves us so much that we can ask Him of things that we can't even think or imagine. And He'll provide a way. He'll provide an answer. He is sympathetic towards our condition, our situation, the circumstance that we're in. And because He loves us, we have confidence To come boldly before Him and find the mercy and grace that He offers us in our time of need. When do you need it? When you don't know. When you don't have the answer. When you can't figure it out. When you're in the fire. When you're in the trial of your life. God says, you can come to me in prayer. And you can find whatever you have need of. His grace and His mercies. We can find them. What are they? His promises towards us. If you'll stand with me, please. And I just want to encourage you. We're just getting warmed up. There's next week. And it's awesome on prayer next week. And I don't know if that's going to be the final week or what. But this is having this understanding of God's love and knowing how much he's for us has changed my prayer life. I've always been a praying person, but I'm telling you. I see things differently. I understand things differently. And I know that he is for us. And we can rest. We can rest. Amen. 
All right, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for the love that you have for us, and we thank you for doing what was necessary, offering up your son, Jesus Christ, to be our sacrifice, to pay the debt for our sins so that we could come into your presence. And Father, you made it so clear when you tore the curtain, when you tore that veil from top to bottom, and you gave us complete access to your presence, Father. Lord, we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful that through prayer, as we know your heart and the love that you have for us, we can come to you and invite you into our circumstance. We can invite you into whatever we're facing, whatever difficulty, whatever confusion we have, whatever situation, circumstance we find ourselves in, we can come to you. We have complete access to you. 24-7, Father. And you will give us what we have need of because of your great love for us and we thank you for it. Father, I pray that you would help us to have this understanding of prayer that is simply talking to you, reminding you of your promises because you knew that we were going to need them and thanking you in advance and thanking you while it's happening. For the love that you have for us. We thank you for it. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. And amen.